not it's done meaningfully. Every <laughs> few months or so. My God, what a scandal. You mean completely irregularly and yeah. uh, c- totally abandoning any kind of schedule we may have once had? It's more fun that way, don't hey. you think? <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to What a Movie, a nostalgia-infused podcast. We are your hosts. I'm James Ferreira. And I am Nicole Knutson and... Feel like this has been a familiar refrain the last few times. It's been a minute, uh, but thank you for tuning back in uh, to listen to us uh, hooligans. Yeah, I realized <laughs> last time I was like, we won't do this to you again, we promise. And to be fair, we did not wait quite as long. Um, so we apologize yet again, and I'm going to stop making promises I can't keep. Um, d- d- we're busy and we do this for fun, so... Thanks for sticking with us, if yeah. you've stuck with us. And if this is your uh, first time here, hello and welcome. We're so happy to have you. Um, all that to say, uh, how are you doing, Nicole? How are we doing? Uh, doing all right. It, I don't know how it's May already. Um, but, uh, yeah, th- things are things are fine. Nothing new, really, to report, though we, we are going to Disneyland on Sunday, which it's I'm very, very exciting. excited for. Um, have not been since before COVID times. Um, and we've never been together, which is kind of insane when you yeah. think about it. Uh, so that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Which probably by the time you hear this, we'll be in the past. In the past. You know, as these things will work, you know, time. It's a weird thing. Podcast land is a, a strange place and time d- moves very differently there. It's nothing like Pie Town, I tell you that much. <laughs> uh, how are you doing? I'm good. Um, things are kind of slowing down. They're still... Busy, and busy is good, but um, yeah, as you probably guessed, April was extremely busy. Uh, I believe I worked on, uh, what what was the number? Four? Four shows? Yeah. Uh, in some capacity or another? Yeah, it was a little nuts. Uh, did not expect that, but you know, <laughs> that's what happens. Um, but uh, yeah, no, things are good now. Yeah, they've settled down. I'm in a lot, I'm deep, 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 deep in pre-production on a project that I can't talk about yet, but uh, probably by the time we record another one, I'll be able to talk more about it, because it hasn't been officially announced yet, so that's very exciting. Um, But that's really the main thing right now, and uh, yeah, Disney's coming up, we are going, uh, we're going out of town briefly coming up, which is going to be really nice. Yep, for, for a long weekend. For a nice long weekend. Um, But yeah, yeah, that's about it, I think. Cool. Now that we've got the pleasantries out of the way, what movie are we watching today? Well... For the folks who didn't read the episode title. Okay, all of you people who don't read the episode titles, but you go into it blindly, I have to give you some respect because it's not like you look and you go, oh, I don't want to hear them talk about that movie. You're like, I don't care. They could talk about anything. So we, we appreciate that. Thank you. But we will be talking about tonight... The movie classic from 1995. We are going deep into the jungles of Jumanji. Yeah, we are. (laughs) So who wants to kick us off with nostalgic connections to this movie? Well, Nicole, I think you brought this one to us tonight when we were doing our like kind of like, hey, it's the spur of the moment. What are we feeling? And you threw this one out. So why don't you start us off? Indeed, I did. Um, This one uh, was on a lot in our home um as is a running theme throughout this podcast it was taped off of the television and had a handwritten label on just a a blank you know vhs tape and a running theme and that's a big part of this movie as i recall is there's a lot of running becomes a theme Mm -hmm. yes gotta 
run real fast, so fast. Um, but uh, yeah, this watched it a ton as a kid, and I remember being like kind of the like perfect, but also like worst age uh, to see this because I remember being so terrified by the thought of getting sucked into this board game that I never played the actual board game that you could buy of Jumanji because like to this day, I still haven't played it just because like by the time I got over that fear, it was like not the hot thing anymore. And like the movie had kind of like, we're doing later (laughs) have sort of moved out of like the immediate cultural consciousness. Um, but yeah, I still have never actually played the board game Jumanji because this that specific part of the film was so frightening to me that I'm like, uh-uh, no, I don't even want to chance it. On a brief side note, there, uh, not 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 to not to get too far into the weeds, but like I realize now, uh, for you listeners out there, Nicole is going through a lot of uh, exploring the scarier side <laughs> of things recently, including things that scared her now as a child. Um, Brief side note, we've been on a slasher marathon recently. Yes, per my request. Per her request, which, uh, once again, if you asked me five years ago, do you think Nicole will be into slashers, I'd say absolutely not. She's if never going to watch any of them. If you asked me five years ago, or told me five years ago, that it's like, hey, one day you're going to be like actually into horror films, I would have been like, what? No. And here, here we are. So stay tuned for this podcast as Nicole continues to explore her innermost fears. <laughs> but anyway, I'm sorry. Back to Jumanji. Uh... I mean, I, I kind of want to keep it brief just to keep mm-hmm. things moving. But yeah, I, I love this as a kid. Fantastic. Um, what about you? Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, growing up with this. It wasn't necessarily one I think we played a lot in my house, but it was one that I remember. Uh, I think I've I think I've brought him up before. He'll definitely uh, pop up later in this podcast, hopefully as a guest when we do another movie that we loved growing up. Uh, but my best friend growing up, Gabe. And I, I was like, I'd always like hang out at his place. And this was, I know, like one of like their family's like favorite movies. So like it was just on. And so I feel like whenever I watched it, it was usually with him. So I have like that association. It was like, oh, it wasn't one that was like I enjoyed with my family. It's one I enjoyed like from afar. Um, but I remember having a great time with it. You know, it had Robin Williams, who I always loved to see and always made me laugh. And, you know, it was like this kind of dark kind of spooky but like not too spooky but like you know kind of funny but also it's the 90s so it's like you know there's like the idea of like wow like the animals just like come out of like the like the shadows and whatnot like i remember specifically um just the image of like when the lion first appears and like that being so cool and like scary but like also just fascinating of like where did they come from how did that happen how does this work and it was like it was very fun. I, I remember, like, always enjoying it. Like, it wasn't one that I watched a whole bunch, but, like, whenever I did, I always had a really good time. Because mm-hmm. how can you not? Robin Williams, Monkey Boy, <laughs> Holes in the Floor. Come on. It's all right there. Uh, Bonnie Hunt. <laughs> Bonnie Hunt. Bonnie Hunt making a return. Yep. Uh, yeah, welcome back, uh, Bonnie Hunt. Welcome back, Robin Williams. Um, has... Kirsten Dunst been in anything that we've? I don't think so. Actually, this is, oh, she's so little in this. She's, she's, she's very little. She's very little. Pre Mary Jane. Oh no, we didn't watch. We didn't cover the first Mummy on this show, but the the guy who plays both Robin Williams's dad 
Oh, yeah. And the, like, hunter mm-hmm. is in the first mummy. That's I don't right. know his name. He's um, Yeah, he's the guy who gets, uh, doesn't he get, like, his soul sucked out in the car? I think, when he's, like, trying to escape or something. He's, like, the... Uh, no, no, he's in the street. Yeah, he's, he's in the, in street, the street at night. And, and he he's gets working like, with the... Yeah, he's, like, the, I guess, local-ish yeah. guide with the, with the American crew. He gets killed off pretty quickly, yeah. Yeah. Once Emotep starts, like, taking, taking fuckers out. Yeah, because he was like, like oh, these are the sacred jars and mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Um, but anyway. But we can't ever cover that movie, like we said, folks. Because it's because perfect. It's, well, we'll just sit here the whole time and be like, and then, and then, and then this was so cool, <laughs> and that was cool, and we can't do it. Cool. Moving on. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, how well do we think we remember the plot? On a scale of 1 to Jumanji, um... I Is it like the... Yahtzee? You... <laughs> Jumanji. You get Yahtzee. Jumanji and you have to shout it out. Oh, actually, yes. I yeah. Mean, yeah, yeah, kind of, actually. Actually, yes. <laughs> I mean, if they if they never made Jumanji Yahtzee, then they're missing out. Also, no one steal that idea. Patent pending right now. <laughs> Jumanji Yahtzee. Um, so on a scale of 1 to 10, I'd say I remember this plot like at a... Six and a half, a seven. I remember it, I think, pretty solidly. Yeah, I think I'm at like an eight. It's like, it's not the hardest. It's it, it's not the most elaborate deep plot in the world. No. Do you want me to try to... So yeah. I think I you remember a, a little bit better than I do. Yeah, I, I think so. So would you like to, to kick us off with uh, what you remember slash what you think happens in this movie? So, um, yeah, it's like it starts off in the olden times and some kids bury a board game and they're like, no one must ever find it, which, of course, someone will find it. Uh, we flash forward to not the present, but a young man who, you know, is, of course at odds with his domineering father, and of course there's just blah, 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 blah. Um, But he and his friend find this game, and he gets sucked into it, and then we go actually to the present, and then there's, like, new kids moving in, um, who I believe are orphans, because this is the 90s after all. Uh, But then, uh, yeah, uh, that boy has become a fully grown, even hairier than usual Robin Williams, who pops out of the board, and there's animals running around, and then they have to, like, we have to go find my friend, who's also grown up now, to finish the game in order to, like, you know, free us from this curse. And that's Bonnie Hunt, and she wants nothing to do with it. As I recall, she's just like, fuck this shit, and for good reason. Uh, but they all come together, they have, they, they fight off various animal and insect and uh, natural disaster things... Um, yeah, uh, boy becomes monkey boy because I think he tries to cheat, um, like, like the little fucker he is. Um, but it, it's okay because it all turns out okay and everyone, everything turns back to normal. And I think even like the, it like changes, I mean, it has to change the past. It gets into some weird time travel shit where it's like, oh, well, this fixes all of that, which I'm curious to revisit and see like, does this actually, they... What are the moral ramifications here of changing the past? But I don't know. Yeah. And we'll we, see. Well, we can get into that later. Oh, yes, um. we will. I'm sure we will. <laughs> um, but I think I, I think I hammered away at the at the main the main points was that a, a David Allen Greer is a random cop who keeps showing up and keeps getting like fucked over in various ways. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember his like car. his his connection in the past? Uh, ooh. No, I, I, I don't. Well, it'll be a surprise. <laughs> I, I don't remember his connection from the past. Uh, and is it is it B.B. Newworth is like the aunt 
or someone who's well, like taking know. care of them. She's like, she doesn't show up for that long, but you know, she's just basically like the parent figure who's like, I don't want to deal with this. I'm leaving. You well, kids have fun, but then she ends well, up trying to go save Well, she's the childless aunt who is yeah. like, yes, of course I'll be the guardian of your children because you're never going to die. And then guess what? The parents die. And it's like, okay, I am suddenly your your legal guardian. It's a two for the price of one deal, if you will. <laughs> cool. Uh, we will go over what... Oh, yeah, and the game is called Jumanji, <laughs> in case you didn't figure that out yet. Uh, but we'll go over what uh, is accurate about that and what uh, perhaps may have been missed. Oh, 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 no. She's she, she's hedging right now. I missed a lot of stuff, probably. I mean, it's just more details. Um, but uh, uh, I don't like details. I mean, I could get into more details. Um, <laughs> no, it's fine. There's a lion. There's spiders. There's an elephant. There's a hole in the, there's a hole in the floor, and it goes right through. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. We, we don't need to. No, 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 no. We don't need to keep going. You stop that. that. Monkeys. Lots of monkeys. Um... What would you say is your nostalgia-infused grade for mm. Jumanji? Humanji, Humanji. Let's see. So yeah, I mean, like, like I said, like it's one that I always enjoyed when it was on, but it wasn't ever something that I think I actively put on. But I wouldn't turn it off if it was on. So I don't know if I can go up to the A's, but I'll, I'll go like, I'll go B plus. Yeah. I'm not afraid to say that. I'll do it. Who wants to challenge me? You can't. It's my podcast. Ah, it's our podcast. But I'm here too. I think I'm going to give it an A-. minus. Hey. Uh, because again, this was on a lot uh, when I was a kid, but I haven't gone back to revisit it in I don't know how long, which is kind of the whole point of this uh this this here podcast. This year podcast. <laughs> this year podcast. This year um, podcast has a goal at the end of the day, you know? <laughs> Alan Parrish, that's his name. Ah uh, yes. I think I uh think I went to school with a kid named Alan Parrish. Sounds like it. Pretty sure I went to his bar mitzvah, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but that's probably what's keeping it from being like an A, just because I uh I haven't revisited this movie in an Many a year. And years. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're starting off with very, very high expectations. I hope they're met. Or, I mean, hey, if they're met, you'll hear us raving later, which will be fun. And if they're not, you'll hear us raving in the in the rancing way, which is also fun. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, if this is your first time tuning into this show, uh, once again, we're so happy you're here. Thank you for joining us. Um, but uh, we are about to take a break in recording to go re-watch Jumanji. Um, but before we do that, uh, we usually like to partake in some sort of beverage and or snack during our re-watches. Uh, James, what do you think you will be indulging in? Jungle juice. Feels very appropriate. Oh, no. <laughs> No, we'll be on the floor. Yeah, I'm already you on the floor. You won't remember the movie. <laughs> Come back like, what movie? Jumanda who? Yeah, no. Fucking um, jungle juice. No, Absolutely no, no, not. no, no. Uh, I am maybe a beer, maybe some, maybe some, some whiskey. I don't know. <laughs> this feels like, I don't know. Whiskey or beer? Maybe both. Maybe a whiskey, maybe, maybe whiskey with a beer chaser. <laughs> Who's to say? I don't have any Jumanji-themed beer, though. But if anyone has Jumanji beer, let me know. I'd be interested to chat more about it. Or a Jumanji gin and tonic. Dude, that was, that was a stretch. Maybe so. 
And I already made that joke in a previous episode. What, what was that one? I forget. But it was really... It, it, oh, no, that was the gin and tronic. That was better. That That is a much better... Also, I don't think I have tonic, so it doesn't really matter if I did or not. <laughs> what about you? Um, Well, I took some acetaminophen not too long ago, so alcohol uh, is not in the cards for me this fine evening, but I don't know, maybe some tea, something cozy. You took acetaminophen and you didn't tell me? <laughs> I mean, you okay? Yeah, just some aches and pains. Oh, okay. It's fine. Okay. But it just doesn't well, mix well with alcohol, so. As long as you're okay. Yeah, I'm fine. Just, okay, cool. Yeah. Good, good. <laughs> Thank you, just dear. Want, just wanted to be sure. <laughs> I didn't realize you were in so much pain, like Alan uh, Parrish. Um, anyway... <laughs> <laughs> yes, tea, some nice comforting tea. Jumanti? Jumanti? Jum... Ju- I don't know. Uh, anyway, folks, <laughs> we're a little out of practice here. Uh, Not we're, at all. We're, we're going to go rewatch Jumanji, and we'll be back soon. Jumanji! That's not how the song goes. I just imagine it was like, Jumanji! It's kind of like that. I- <laughs> year is 1869 and we have two unnamed or i guess they do have names we have two randos who bury a board game at least one of them does well one says the name of the other one says no benjamin yeah we cannot do that it was like in only in 18 whatever would they say benjamin Maybe the other one's name was caleb i think yeah. God. caleb and benjamin and in, in uh brantford new hampshire I feel sorry for anyone with the name Caleb. Sorry, Caleb's out there. Yikes. Why? I don't know. It's just a bad name. Maybe <laughs> I'm just... That's random. <laughs> I know. I don't know. It just, it just doesn't sound... You know what? I, I'm sorry. It's not you, Caleb. I think it's because I knew a guy named Caleb who was an asshole, so like I just associate it. It's not you. You're okay. Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished our rewatch. Benjamin, you have returned. Yes. We have just finished our rewatch of Jumanji, and oh, poor Aunt Nora didn't deserve I, all of that. No, no, just from the very moment Not that even we in meet like her. The, by the end, it was like, well, where's Aunt Nora at the end? Why well, doesn't she get a moment? Aunt Nora is happy being childless. <laughs> But, like, at the end end, which we'll get to, where, you know, times have changed and everyone's happy now, it's like, where's Aunt Nora and all that? Why isn't she just there, like, drunk, like, hanging off of a chandelier, like, I'm single and I'm an aunt and I don't give a shit? Well, because they don't know the family yet. They've, like, Alan has literally just not. hired I guess, Judy like, and Peter's dad. But but she gets, like, no, but but she's the one that gets, like, no, like, happy ending. Like, it's just, like, no. Nah. She's living the childless life I, that she I, wanted yes. to no, live. No, I know, I know, I know. And that is the happy ending, I understand. But, like, but, but the last we see of her, she gets shoved into a closet unceremoniously and locked in by her nephew. It was, like... Yo, Aunt Nora is doing her best. Aunt Nora's trying really hard. Aunt Nora is really trying. Aunt Nora is, just... a, is a two-time Tony Award winner. Don't you <laughs> dare. Don't you dare. <laughs> um, where where should we start? We've jumped immediately okay. to the I'm end. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I've been, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, I guess uh, maybe, maybe before... Maybe you're great, but we're going to move on from there. Uh, maybe before we move into, like, 
sort of moment by moment plot stuff. Is there any like big thing that you didn't recall before watching this uh, and didn't mention in your like recap that maybe as you were watching, you were like, yes, this moment or. I, I didn't recall there being so much like dark humor for adults in this, which I should have because <laughs> it's a 90s movie and I enjoyed it. I loved it. But it was all these great moments where they were not shy to not only hint at it, but be very, like, upfront about it. Yeah. And I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. And to also um, deal with, like, I forgot that they did this because, again, I don't I don't remember the last time I watched this, but I was definitely still a kid when mm-hmm. I watched this for the, you know, the most recent time prior to this evening. Um And, like, the fact that they grapple as much as they can in this type of movie of, like, the aftermath of, like, surviving, you know, Alan getting sucked into into the game and no one believing Sarah. And there's this one moment where Alan is like, hey, you know, are you crazy? Don't you ever call me crazy. Ever. Um, and, And it's just, like, and it... That's the end of that but, conversation. But, 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 what's um, great, but what's great with that moment, too, is that it, it comes as, like, he's not directly attacking her with, yeah. like, you're being crazy. He just uses he just, the he, word. He, he says it as, like, I think he says it as, like, stop acting crazy. Like, a very, like, off-the-cuff thing. Yeah. That she immediately gets him on. Because she then has been called like, crazy Rrr. her entire life. And, and it, it and is, it's unexpectedly pointed, mm-hmm. but I, th- like... I think it's one of the many reasons why I think this movie holds up. Of- the, the strength you get from having someone like Bonnie Hunt yeah. doing it, who's like, yeah, I'll do this like kind of silly concept of a movie, but like, I'm going to treat this shit seriously. And mm-hmm. it was like, you can see it. You can see it all throughout. And we'll get into it more, but it's like, I think it's something that like, we know that she's capable of and she does like great job, a great job with. And it's something that we'll get into later, but, like, Robin Williams really does a spectacular job in this. Mm -hmm. It's, like, I always knew he was great, but, like, wow. Would you say he should have won his Oscar for this role? Uh, (laughs) Hold on. He is great in Good Will Hunting. Don't get me wrong. Like, I've never actually seen Good Will Hunting. Oh, it's good. I, I only saw it once, but, like, I remember enjoying it a lot. He's great. And he also gets a moment like that with a young, you know, hotshot, like, shithead Matt Damon in that movie just being a shithead to him mm-hmm. for no reason. He gets, like, more, he, like, goes too far and, like, Rob him's, like, straight up. is like, Mm-mm. you stop right there. You do not go into that. And it was like, ooh, all right. Mm-hmm. But then he's also the one later that, like, helps him kind of grapple with all of his guilt. And it's just like, you know, it's all like, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Which... For those of you that have seen the movie, you know the scene, and it's like it's very unexpectedly super, super poignant of a moment, and he does a really beautiful job with it. Uh, I'm not gonna say that, he but to switch have back won to Jumanji, I don't know who won that year. It might have been Mel Gibson, in which case he should have won. <laughs> <laughs> um, my biggest question ju- is just. Where the fuck did this game come from? I want to know. I want the story of Benjamin and Caleb uh, of like, because we only see it at the end of all of their travails, whether they played it or not, or they're like, the devil is in this game. They must have finished it because the world is back to normal. 
And that's why they're like, okay, yeah. destroy it now. Um, but how did they get it? Where did this come from? Where did this magic entity start? <laughs> well, it's like Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know? It's just like, mm, don't be digging that up. <laughs> Leave it alone. Leave yeah. it alone. And they bury it. And, you know, it stays hidden for 100 years. Uh, better than, P- uh, not Peter and Judy, uh, Alan and Sarah do. <laughs> Where it's just hanging out in the house. Like, whoop. And it's like buried oh, no. underground too, from the like from that age. So it's like harder yeah. to find. No, but I was saying that like at the end, we're, again we're jumping to the end. But then Alan and Sarah just drop the game into the river, hoping it'll just stay down there. And but then it washes up on shore later. So like, why don't you just destroy it? Why don't you just like set fire to it? Kill it Put, with like, fire. <laughs> th- stick a piece of dynamite in it. Like yeah. hack it apart. Do something. Yeah. Which leads me to believe that it must have powers that says it cannot be destroyed like that. Or like encase it in a block of cement and then sink that block of cement into the bottom of the ocean. Oh, gangster style from like the 1920s. Very nice. (laughs) But the cement shoe is in it and throw them to the bottom of the river. Um, And like, is it only children who can hear the drums? Evidently, I think yes, because they keep going back to that and the parents never hear it. So it's a game that preys on children. I, I because guess? kids are impressionable because you know what it is because kids will play board games adults won't do it right i guess this is also from a different time whereas like nowadays where every adult has like thirty thousand board games in their <laughs> house back at this time board games were thought of as like oh that's a thing that a child does adults don't do that so the game is like well an adult won't take me seriously and play me but a kid will be like ooh. What's this weird drumming sound coming from the attic? I'm going to play this game. I will say that everyone in this film is very fortunate that that game did not get sold off in an estate sale. There's a lot of fortunate things <laughs> they, that they, the fact they benefit that, from in this movie. Yeah, the fact that uh, a couple of kids move into the parish house, the fact that Sarah still lives in town. Um, like, what if Aunt Nora just, like, moved in there and the parents were alive and she was just by herself? She's like, yo, I got this house for yo, cheap. I bought this mansion. And it's mine. Mine. Nothing would ever happen. But then we would get the Aunt Nora miniseries, which I'm, like, not opposed to. Aunt Nora's just doing her best. Aunt Nora's doing a pretty damn good job, As a uh, brand new mother of two under very tragic circumstances. Considering that she's also going through her grief as well, as well as trying to raise these two children going through their grief. It's like, that's a lot. That's a lot. Let's try to wrangle this. All right, I'm sorry. Um, sorry. (laughs) To to backtrack. I'm guilty Benjamin... Benjamin? Um, Benja- Where did we start, Benjamin? Benjamin? Benjamin and Caleb, if Caleb is actually the, the other boy's name, bury... it's like Kyle or something. Bury the game Jumanji, like, as deep as they can in their hurried state. But what if someone finds it? Benjamin asks Caleb. What does Caleb say? God, have mercy on their souls. And you know what? Caleb, though, not very inclusive. He says, God have mercy on his soul. I'm like... Caleb, I know you're from the 1800s. Like, Come get on. with it, brah. But then he gets the very dramatic lightning behind him as well. <laughs> uh, they bury it, and a hundred years go by, and we are suddenly in 1969 in the same town, um, which is basically founded by the Parrish family. There's like a a, a statue of I think Angus Parrish in the Parish. in the town square, um, and it's this idyllic 
small town it basically, of Brantford, New Hampshire. It's basically the setting of the first chapter of It. Like, that's what I was going to say, like. this feels very much like all of Stephen King's It's very Stephen King-esque. It's a little like, ugh. And they also no, and filmed no in Maine for part of it. I saw that there was a like a, a main crew uh, in the credits. There was the main crew or the main crew? Both. Ah, yes, very good. And don't forget the main coons. Not nearly enough main coons in this movie. <laughs> but uh, and we meet our young hero, Alan, who at this point is not very heroic. In fact, he's he's kind of a little bitch about certain not about like getting jumped by a bunch of billies. That's that's really shitty. But he Alan. He <laughs> I got my one. He basically destroys factory equipment and lets one of the few... Wait, 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 wait. hold on, hold on. We should probably build up to this a little bit. Alan is riding his bike through town, and some asshole named Billy is like, hey, I'm gonna getcha, and he leads a gang that chases Alan all through town until Alan takes refuge in the Parrish Shoe Company factory, which his dad runs. Run by Jonathan Hyde, who we will get back to at some point. Yes, he is the gentleman whose name I could not remember in the first half of this. Um, And it's like pretty much what you would expect of like your kind of like stiff upper lip, like domineering kind of like, I told you not to come here when I'm working, son. It's All not right. a playground. It's like, or it's just like, you know, those you bullies are there. You have to stand up to them and you like, really have fight to them stand back. up to Billy. Be or, like a man. Yeah. Damn it. Like, this is very much his character. Yeah. Anyway, we meet Carl, who is an employee at the factory who has designed brand new, um, like, sneakers, essentially. Okay. They're basically, he, he's basically predicted the Air Jordan scenario. Yes. He's like, I'm going to give these to Wilt Chamberlain and they're going to be big. And I'm like, so this guy figured it out years before Nike did it with Jordan. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm sorry, those shoes look pretty fucking modern for 1969. Yeah. It was like... He was, was out like, of his time. Yeah, clearly, because they were wearing fucking Converse at that time yeah. on the on the NBA courts. But it was like, okay, fair. You know? Do you think the, like, the props person was just like... I think it, hey, it, it, it I had to, to go be. Out, it I, was intentional. I gotta go out to a shoe store and just buy something. I think it was intentional. I think yeah. it was probably an end joke of like, hey, look, they look oddly enough like Air Jordans. That's yeah. the joke we're going for. But it was funny that I was like, in 1969, you have these shoes. It's like, yeah, you'll be big. Like, you, you, you've you traveled forward in time and have figured out, like, styles and designs, too. Mm-hmm. How did you do that? Uh, but anyway, Carl um, is very excited. He has a big meeting with uh, Mr. Parrish uh, today um, to pitch these shoes uh, and his idea to him and he's telling Alan all about it and then Alan not intentionally but does leave the shoe on a moving conveyor belt in this active factory setting if you've which, seen any movie conveyor belts are bad names. which shreds the shoe and destroys the conveyor belt and that he witnesses this happening and he just leaves without saying anything cuz like he's because he's a little wimp he's a little fucking at bitch at this point in the story he does well he he needs room to grow and then we have, is it, I'm sorry, what, what what's his name who made the shoe again? Carl. Carl. We have Carl, like, straight up, like, see it happen and go, like, it was me. I did that. So you're like, oh, fuck. Carl, well, one of maybe two black people who work in this I factory. counted two. I counted two. It's like, it's, uh, yo, Alan, this is not a good look for you, bro. So our hero 
kind of I guess he then, he then does go outside and get his ass handed to him. He does get his ass handed to him and then ends up in a construction site where things are being excavated, which you've, if you've watched any Supernatural movie, never go towards the excavation site. It's an exorcist yeah. of the mummy. Never. Don't go in there. Never dig up anything and don't have sex in a horror movie. Like, those are the two cardinal rules. Probably. Fortunately, they're not having sex unless that would be weird. No. But they do unearth some weird looking box, opens it up. Hey, there's a weird because game in here. Because he finds it because he hears the drums. Mm. Um, the drums that only children can hear. It's calling to him. But like, the bullies didn't hear it. So is there like, does it reach out to particularly well, bu- lonely people? Well, the bullies had left by that point. I guess they 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 they, they had already stolen his bike I, and like I want run to off. know like is Jumanji like a living thing? Is it a living entity? Because it it seems to know when like hey I'm gonna start beckoning people because people are here to beckon who might be susceptible to my call. Maybe Jumanji's just a producer. It's like <laughs> want to come see my show? Want to come play my game? Yeah, you you over there. Come on over. Regardless, Alan gets lured in, digs it out of a construction site, and runs off. Yes. Um, runs home, opens it up, is like, hey, this shit's kind of working. But then he's interrupted. He has to go talk to his mother, played by renowned Academy Award-nominated actor Patricia Clarkson. Who is... Who is she, she doesn't even get a name. Who... Wh- She's like, just... Alan's mom. Much like in The Untouchables, given nothing to do. No, she's which just... Which is a crime. She's the the more, like, openly caring of the two parents. Which is saying, I mean, like, and to be fair, you don't have to do that much compared no. to his dad, who was, like, straight up, like, the, like, you know, I will not show you love, son. I will show you just a stern face the entire time. You will love me one day. My father could barely hug me. Let alone chop me up into little pieces. <laughs> That's an example of the lines in this movie that are like really dark, but like brilliant. Yeah, I I do love that the entire town believes or at least partially entertains the notion that Sam Parrish murdered his son and chopped him up. And hit him in the walls. Like, that that's just the lore in this town. Because of course it would be. It would be. Of course it would be. In a small town? Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, it, 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 would, it would be something that would pop up on the podcast lore. Hi, Art Mankey. Where, like, that would pop up and be like, you know, he was the he, he was the rich man in town whose family had gone back years. But why did he chop up his son and hide him in the walls? It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> this, this shit would happen. Uh, but... All this to say, they come in that night, and that night, um, mom and dad are going to a big, fancy function where it's he's like the a, guest speaker. It's like a gala or something. And, and like, the dad walks in and sees Alan has been, you know, obviously beat up and, like, straight. So it's like, I didn't know there'd be that many bullies, but you took it like a man. Yeah, it's like, because Alan went to the factory being like, hey, dad, can I have a ride home? And he was like... Well, no, you're going to have to stand up to Billy so-and-so sooner or later. Not Billy and his fucking trove of goons. Yeah, and then later, like, at dinner, he's like, 
If I had known there were that many of them, I wouldn't have said that. <laughs> father point 101. If you good, were going to have an entire gang of hooligans beat up on you, I wouldn't have said go And these aren't even them. the worst hooligans to show up yet. We'll get oh, to no. that. Oh, no. You mean the murder monkeys? <laughs> so all this to say, they're like, hey, as a reward for you standing up to your bullies, we're going to send you to an all-boys school. Where, which apparently, by Alan's reaction, has never been brought up ever at any point in his life not in a, not, not in a rich kid's life no they're just like they expect you to be like well you're a rich kid you go do this now good yes yeah. yes how they his reaction makes me think that this topic has never been broached of like oh and when you you know reach you know high school it, or whatever you're gonna go to this finishing school but it, but it probably hasn't right like if it's like if you have like rich distant parents like, that's probably how it goes, where it's like... But his dad has probably talked about going to that school and made, like, some offhand comment of, like, know, and when it, and it, when it's your turn to go there, but I don't, son. I don't, but, that, but that implies that he's a caring father figure. We've established that he's very much like, listen, we have a, we have a working relationship, son. You are my son, and you'll be my son until you go off to your all-boys school, where I went. And that's that. Like... I don't gather that they have, like, a chummy relationship at all. So it's like, it, would, it, it wouldn't surprise me that he wouldn't just be like, well, I never told you because this is expected. And you're going like, to you you're, you're well, well, do what I, you're well, do what I told you to do because I'm your dad. And you just go do that. Like, that's just how that, that works, I think. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if that was his thought of, like, well, I don't have to tell you what I'm doing. It's just the 60s. <laughs> you think I tell my kid what I'm thinking? It's like, No. You do this and you do it now. Like, I, they're just I mean, like, I don't think it would have been phrased as like, and, you know, do you want to go to this school? It would have been like just an assumption made in casual conversation of, and when you go to this prep school. No, but that implies his father talks to him at all. I'm sure he talks at him a lot. I don't know if he's ever mentioned this. In any case, Alan's not happy about it. The dad's not happy that he's not happy about it. They leave on really and bad terms. Everyone's mad. Alan says, like, I never want to see you again. And You're going to that school. We're taking you next Sunday. Next, <laughs> next <laughs> summer. Um, Get your coat. We're leaving, dear. Uh, he's very he's very mad. He's he's and he's also trying very hard not to sound British. Yeah, so hard. I'm an American, yes. And I sound um, like this. And Alan is like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to run away. And I do love that he packs in his suitcase just a whole thing of Wonder Bread. <laughs> Smart move, kid. And like Smart a can move. of food, but no can opener. <laughs> yeah. Hasn't quite thought that out the yet. Honestly, the fact that, that that version of Alan survived Jumanji is like kind of impressive. But like that's like the detail of this movie that I think works so well is that like, the little rich kid wouldn't pack a can opener because he probably has no fucking idea what a can opener is. <laughs> but he gets sent off into the jungle for 26 years and he figures it out. And he learns because he has to because he doesn't know shit. And also makes sense when he comes back why he's so fucked up. We'll yeah. get into that later. But like that but that's such a great thing of like he's not some like kid who has to like, you know, struggle to get by who goes to the jungle. He's a little rich kid who goes to the jungle. So it's like it's kind of a perfect thing where it's like yeah, you would have no life skills whatsoever when yeah. you go here. But he does not escape because he's interrupted. Uh, because Sarah shows up, who is Sarah. the, I guess, girlfriend of Billy. And she seems cool. She, well, she brings his bike back, which is her reason for showing up. She's not going to be a mob wife. <laughs> 
Not with Billy, that degenerate. No. And then, how do they, oh, she hears the drums too. Yep. Where it's just like, hey, don't be a tease. You you, you picked up some of the the pieces. Pick up the pieces. Children, I would like for you to play this game. Come in. Follow the drums. And which, then they do. Which leads me to believe that, like, kids can hear the drums, but the bullies have left earlier, so they don't hear the drums. I know this movie is full of plot holes, so I'm sure that's part of it. But, like, I think they're trying to establish that, like, children can hear the drums, adults can't. Mm-hmm. Or. It's a very Polar Express kind I, of thing. I know that I'm putting far too much thought into this, but I just find it fascinating that, like, or if the, like, if the game can sense not just, like, when children are around, but people, like, who will be especially susceptible to it, who would be inclined to play. Like, Maybe. can you imagine that group of, you know, Billy and his gang being like, hey, let's play a board game that we found. Well, they wouldn't because they're a bunch of shitheads. Yeah, no, exactly. The game, I think, for in my uh, critical analysis of Jumanji, um, the game sort of calls to people who would have an interest in playing it. I mean, they might, but they do establish a child-adult thing where I'm like, even if the bullies heard it, they might just be like, you know, whatever. I mean, maybe it only works on children, but even then, maybe it's more particular. But even then, it only, but it still only calls to children. It never calls to adults at any point. No, the I know. The only I'm... reason adults come in is because they've already started the game. No, I know. I, that's not what I'm saying. Of just like, even, like, let's say it can only call to children, even within that, limitation it is even more limited like by choice Eh, i don't know that's getting a little tricky within there i think i'm overthinking this so so from from their perspective i feel it's probably easier to be like children here and adults don't don't like but the but they but the bullies will if the bullies did play it they would die right away because they wouldn't know what to do with it but it was like oh if they heard it, if they were interested, they would come. If not, they would ignore it. But, like, children are more susceptible to be like, what's that? Yeah. I want to do um, that. Because adults have no creativity or originality, right? They just work and they work and they don't have happiness in their lives. That's what this movie is positive. <laughs> um, anyway, where are we? Uh, Sarah has arrived and they kind of accidentally start the game. Excellent start of the game. The only part of this I want to mention is the fact that, like, when the pieces start moving on their own, Alan makes mention of, like, must be magnetized. Yeah, it must be magnets or now, something. I only say that, remember that, I'll come back to this later. But this is all happening. They hit a point where basically it's like, unless you roll a five or an eight, the person who rolled this is going to get sucked into the game. Which Alan proceeds to get literally sucked into the game. Yep. Well, first, Sarah. Sarah well, first, goes first. Yeah, I guess Sarah does go Sarah first. Sarah goes first and summons a bunch of bats, which I'm like, this is the origin story of Batman, or in this case, Batwoman. Um, what, are you saying a bunch of bats gathering in a rich kid's house and they're going to, like, no, not at all, not at all. <laughs> um, so that happens, uh, though we don't see the bats at first. Alan rolls, and I feel like Alan... This game has it out for Alan Parrish because if you look at like the things that get summoned, everything that he rolls is so deeply personal and like really fun. Like, I think it's at least for me some of the worst things that you could get. In you mean the game. like having a fucking maniac fucking firing an M20 at you? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. So, Alan, I think 
has four turns. This is, in theory, a very quick game if you can survive. Um, the f- Right off the bat, he gets sucked into the game. The next time he rolls, he summons uh, Van Pelt, the murderous hunter. The third time, which I think is the, the least personal of the three, is the quicksand. And then his fourth roll is, spoiler alert, he wins and gets to Jumanji. He only rolls four times. <laughs> and two of the three ones that have, like, an effect are so deeply personal. As in literally getting sucked into a game for 26 years. That's yes. pretty That's pretty intense. Um, also, forgot to mention uh, earlier when his dad is telling him he's going to go to the school, he's like, even your Uncle Skyler went there. Ha. Who's Uncle Skyler? There's, I want to know who's Uncle Skyler. There's a story there. What's what's the deal with uh with Uncle Skyler? Uncle Skyler's got a story. You seem surprised that he was able to get into that school or at least stay in that school. All this to say, Alan gets sucked in. The vampire bats come out. Um, Sarah becomes Batwoman. <laughs> uh, she runs out of the house. It's all insanity. But then we flash forward to 26 years later. Yes, and the weird. house is old, and it's not been inhabited for many years. It's a weird combination of the house being, like, kind of empty, but also, like, everything's still just there. Though I guess if Mr. and Mrs. Parrish had only died a few years before, which is implied. If they'd only perished a few years before. (laughs) Sorry. I guess that, as I'm saying this, I guess it makes more sense why all, like, belongings were still in the house. Because Alan perished? I'm sorry. Because Alan Parrish perished? Alan perished, and then his dad perished, and his Bob perished, and then everyone perished. All the parishes perished. <laughs> and the house was empty. And here we meet Aunt Nora, the beleaguered aunt nora the beleaguered two-time tony award winner aunt nora (laughs) and and we meet judy and peter who as you correctly remembered uh, are orphans they are they are orphans taken in very different ways we get baby kirsten dunst Mm -hmm. who you can clearly see from this movie was like destined for something bigger she's very fun in this she she's having a fucking blast i love that she is just like a habitual liar (laughs) and that's the path she's taking she's the older sister and to deal with her probably insurmountable overwhelming grief of losing both of her parents has chosen just lie about it constantly Mm -hmm. which is a fascinating choice to make and also very accurate with a child yeah um, I feel like this is an instance of precocious kid who is actually fun. Because there's a reason behind it. Yeah. She's not just like, um, precocious to be precocious. She's like, I am dealing with a ton of grief, but I don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. So I'm going to lie about stuff because that's easier and more fun. And I don't have to confront the deeper feelings of grief that I'm feeling. Yeah. And I think her precociousness is balanced because you do get to see... Like, just genuine, totally honest moments between her and Peter when they're alone. Mm-hmm. Um, like, when they first move into the house and it's, like, the middle of the night and she, like, goes into his bedroom and they just kind of, like, lie there together. Um, I forget what Peter says to her. 
oh, it's like, they're going to make you see a shrink. It's like, what do you think they're going to do to you if you don't start talking? Because Peter has been virtually silent the whole film thus far. Peter's the younger brother who's been basically silent since the parents' death, which, like, makes sense. But it's yeah. also, like, her as a concerned sister being like, hey, you got to come out of this one day. Yeah, you, you just got to talk a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. But, uh, but, you, but you do have Peter, who is played by Bradley Pierce, who... If you saw Beauty and the Beast, you saw Chip, um, same actor. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so Chip finds his way into a library, wrong character, but <laughs> he still does find his way in as the kids are exploring this house. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they, they, they too hear the drum. <laughs> and Judy gives a very, very specific elaborate lie to the realtor about how their parents died it's like like, wow they were jet setters and when when the sheik's yacht sank they wrote us a note that that was later found in a champagne bottle to which immediately she runs off like snickering and aunt nora sees it walks up and was like they died in a car they died in a car crash in canada like yeah it's don't, just don't yeah. <laughs> like wow and it is just one of many stories that that's the most detailed that we get but like what else does she say that she doesn't get to finish it but she's about to dive she into starts going to something and peter's like mm. oh they Can they were not? uh doing peace talks in the middle east <laughs> and peter's like shh, shh. um but uh yeah she's a uh, such a talented little liar it's actually really impressive yeah, grief does a lot of things. Yeah, yes. makes it a great liar. Um, but eventually, they're the supposed drums. to be off to school, but they both very clearly hear the drum, and Aunt Nora has already left for the day, and uh, they find the game and are like, "Hey, let's play it." And who boy, what happens? What's well, the first mos- thing? Mosquitoes come out. Mosquitoes are the Big first thing, which are. Not a problem initially. They they sort of deal with it in the short term pretty quickly. And then it's is the, the lion? lion. Yes. Then. You can get the reveal. This is the reveal I was talking about in the opening. Just like the tail and then the pause on the piano. It's mm-hmm. like, it's really cool. And it's the, a great opening. The head emerging from out of the shadows, uh, which they then lock in, <laughs> in Aunt Nora's room. But who, um, but who locks them in Aunt Nora's room? It's the... The kids. For the lion? No. Oh, wait, no, wait. The monkeys. The, the, monkey, lo- the monkeys lion comes with, the with Alan. The yes. Okay. The monkeys are next. There's, right. There are so many creatures in this we, film. We, st- we started the mosquitoes. mosquitoes they disappear then it's the pretty monkeys. quickly. But then the monkeys come in. Then, Because that's Peter's first roll, but he rolls doubles. So then he rolls again. And the lion also comes the mon- in with... Alan. But the monkeys are down in the kitchen causing a ruckus and basically just being like a college theater good cast party. It's a real problem. It, the murder monkeys. like, And they're the, only beginning. Oh my god. Like these one monkeys. of the monkeys just like legitimately chucks a knife at them. This is before... They shoot guns. This is before... They steal cars. This movie turns into, like, Grand Theft Auto monkeys, like, in no time at all. It becomes GTA monkey really quickly. (laughs) Uh, But they get to the lion, who emerges, but then we get Alan, because Peter rolled a five. Yes. And so Alan emerges and is a very bearded, very leafy, very hairy Robin Williams. Yes. Who doesn't... 
he doesn't dispatch the lion, but he does lock the lion in Nora's room. Um, and he's just like, what year is it? Where am I? Ah, did one of you roll a five or an eight? Holy fuck. To which we get like, it, it is all this like fun, like, yeah, because he like opens the door and the kids are like, ah, and he's like, ah, and like, he's like freaking out. They're freaking out. Yeah. And when he finally figures out what's going on, you're like, it's been really funny. And then it immediately gets super sad. Yeah, because then it's it's him just this extended sequence of him moving through the house and being like, I'm, oh, my God, I'm home. Well, he's like running through the fucking rooms being like, Mom, Dad, I'm home. I mean, that's a like, little later. But like you get the, the thing before that of him just like kind of touching everything and like entering into his room, which is the, the door yeah. that has been locked forever. There was a brief moment earlier where, like, Nora couldn't get the door open. It was like, ah, I'm going to have to call the locksmith. Um, and it makes sense. It's Peter's room. Or not, not Peter's room. Uh, Alan's room. Um, I'm, oh, I'm getting confused with, um, with Hook and the names. That, see, that, that was actually going to be my next thing I was going to say. But finish what you were going to say first. Um, but just him, like, just the, the, the very quiet joy and wonder of him being like here's my bike and here's the photo of my parents like of course it's still here beside my bed like it everything is more or less how i left it it's so dusty but it's very dusty but then he does like run through the house like you know screaming out for like mom dad i'm here let's go Mm -hmm. and you're like it's like it all of a sudden becomes really really fucking sad yeah it's like oh he has no clue yeah, he has no idea how long he's been in there. He knows to, he's aged considerably, but it's like you... T- but to kind of what you already said, I wrote this in my notes of like, this to me is an interesting pseudo sequel to Hook, where if you want to talk with like, Hook starts with him being an asshole, but then he goes to Neverland and finds his childhood nature again. Now, if you combine this movie with that, that means he comes back with the childlike nature only to find out that everyone he left is dead, mm-hmm. which makes... This is a very depressing movie of, like, an asshole who finds his way through in the other world, comes back to the real world, and his whole family is dead. <laughs> it's a very sad movie. Yeah. But still, not that far off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he stumbles outside, figuring it all out, almost runs into a cop car, being driven by... Carl! Carl, who, after we're, we assume was fired from the shoe factory, went off to mm-hmm. become a cop, poor guy. And is like, hey, the fuck's going on? Also yeah. played by David Allen Greer yeah. in all these parts. Um, he's having a blast. Yeah, because he's like running up to to Carl and being like, what year is it? He's like, <clears throat> But Judy to the rescue of like, he was in the Peace Corps. He suffered a head injury recently. He's, he's fine. And while she's talking him down, the fucking hooligan monkeys jump in the car Fire off the shotgun through the roof yep. and then just and steal the car off. and it becomes GTA monkeys. Yep. That is the, the first instance of of this. Uh shit's shit's about to go wrong. And then But then they run downtown. Well Alan, Alan runs downtown. That's right, because it's like, what are what's the sequence of events? Cause he's like, I gotta find my family if you know if my if my parents are still here. Um my family. And uh, he runs to the old shoe factory, which is run down. Ain't what it used to be. And there's just a guy living 
in the factory who who, who must have some knowledge about what happened as well because he seems to know a lot about what happened yeah i nothing in in the movie supports this but i interpreted his presence there as oh you used to work here maybe probably like you probably used to work here and are just like well i know my way around and i know that this place is empty and uh, apparently mm-hmm. the economy has tanked uh in the 26 years because it everything's just kind of even before uh literal stampeding animals start running through the streets it's like really rough <laughs> It's not that much better before they start stampeding through the streets. So it's like there's you know. a lot of businesses that are, are that are failing. Uh, there's apparently like a rampant homeless problem. Apparently, it's basically it becomes it's a wonderful life. Where like Alan, if you hadn't died or disappeared, then the then your town wouldn't have become so run down. A little bit, yeah. But he runs into him, and he's basically like, yeah, like the parishes, they're down on Adams. Where's Adams? <laughs> it's the cemetery. It's the cemetery <laughs> and both of his parents. That's a, a Died detail. within a year of each other. They died within a year of each other and they only died like a few years before. Which is like really rough. Yeah, which is something that I never clocked as a kid. But like I'm just like four years prior. Oh, man. Four years. Yeah. You could have seen them, but it was like, whoop. So he's like obviously crushed and is like, well, I figured it out. And like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm out. I don't want to play the game, but they're like, you got to finish the game with us. Yeah. And being like, I, well, at that point, they don't realize that it's the same game that they are players three. And no, four. no, no. They don't realize that. But they are like, you have, but you have, but you to, have help to help us. us. You have and to he's help like, us. we are children. Yeah. And Peter is <laughs> using reverse psychology of like, it's okay to be afraid. I'm not afraid, but it's okay if you are. Fine. I will watch you play so peter has to learn to fly again i mean uh alan has to learn to fly again i'm sorry um oh also i did want to say when the kids start playing the game and it starts moving on its own this is what i mentioned about the magnets thing is that gd goes well it's gotta be microchips or something and i thought that was a brilliant callback (laughs) going from magnets to microchips i thought i I, that 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 made me laugh it is at this point when it's it's Judy oh. who tries to roll again and nothing happens. And oh. then that's when they realize. I'm sorry. That's right. I, one more thing I want to say about that is like when he's at the cemetery and like realizes like my parents are dead. To which Judy falls with like, it's okay. Our parents are dead too. It's like dead parents club. <laughs> Everybody, let's go. But yes, I'm sorry. But now um, the game, yeah. Judy tries to, to roll. Uh, nothing happens. And it is at that point that everyone realizes that it is the same game that was started back in 1969. Um, and they realize, wait a minute, there's four players. We have to go find Sarah Whittle. Um, Sarah. Again, most fortunate that she still lives in town. <laughs> Honestly, kind of impressive considering the fact that like. That she had such a miserable time. And she didn't get up. the fuck out of that town. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know her reasons, but she's now going by... Madam Serena. Yeah, she's working as a psychic, but she still lives in her home, like her childhood home. Probably killed her parents. (laughs) Chopped them up and put them in the walls. Sarah! Um, But uh, promptly faints when she realizes that Alan is back. Understandable. And they just... 
carry her unconscious body down the street and into the house. This strange man that no one knows and these two children, I guess... The the, the optics are not good. The optics are really not good. Uh, But I think everyone is busy dealing with the mosquitoes and the monkeys at this point. And the mosquito monkeys. And they basically strong arm Sarah into being like, you have to help us finish the game. Also because uh, uh, Judy finally reads the, not even the fine print, it's just the other panel on the game board of like, adventurers beware. Uh, Don't start this unless you plan to finish it. And just taking like this, you, they have to finish the game. It's true. But like yeah. this poor woman who has been dealing with years of this shit being thrust back and they're like, you have to do this right now. Oh. Yeah. And then and she learning later the that, shin. yeah. And then learning later that Alan was afraid to play and being like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. You were giving me grief for, for not wanting to play. And you also are fucking terrified of this game. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I, I do really like. Well, one, just the the rapport between Robin Williams and Bonnie Hunt. I think that they're a really good pair together. We, I think um, we've established in our podcast that Bonnie Hunt can have good chemistry with just about anyone who's a good actor. It's true. Which is impressive. Um, but so I, I and again, they, they do this like as much as is possible in like a family friendly adventure film, but grappling with the reality of like the context of, you know, in which they find themselves of, you know, there is accusation in in alan's eyes when he looks at sarah being like why didn't you keep playing because a flock of bats attacked me and i ran down the street screaming and then everybody thought i was crazy and i was terrified and i was 12 it's honestly like a moment where like you understand where he's coming from but you understand where she's coming from as well yeah and i think that's what makes them such likable characters to follow because you're like, well, you both have good reasons behind what you're doing. Yeah. Um, but they continue the game. Yeah. They continue the game. Um, more more shit uh, keeps coming out of the game. Vines um, come out. They only get through. They, Feed. The whole game is three and a half rounds. <laughs> That's it. I want to say they get they, they, they get Seymour. They get Audrey 2 comes mm-hmm. out. Um, but then, but then, oh, but then I think the hunter is next. Is that right? Yes, because Sarah rolls the, rolls Audrey too. Alan's second roll of this game is literally, is the hunter who hunts people, and specifically is, him. And is a not too subtle metaphor, literally being played by the same actor, Jonathan Hyde, who plays his father as the hunter, Van yep. Pelt, who is essentially just shouting the same things his dad shouted at him in a much more aggressive way. Yeah. Um, Come back and fight me like a man. So like, it's like, okay, no subtlety here whatsoever. That that happens. Who's next? Judy would be next. What happens next? Stampede. Stampede. That's when the stampede, stampede. happens. Stampede. It's like, because then they have to, like, get out of the house, and then, because then... Oh. Fucking pelicans, man. Okay, do you want to talk about do you want to talk about this for a second? So I dislike pelicans like a lot. And it's all because of I wish I could remember the name of this documentary, but there was a nature documentary that was just it was just on and you know, it was talking about sea life 
it varies birds that live on the coast or on the ocean. Uh, and it showed a, a pelican eating the like large chick. Like when I say large, I want to say it was like a small chicken's like like a, a small chicken sized bird just eating it whole eating it alive, just swallowing it straight down its gullet. And I have been forever scarred by by that knowledge that it will just eat another bird alive. We stayed in an Airbnb once with a lot of pelicans. There around. were, I counted them. This was just in, they were mostly in one bedroom because there were two bedrooms where we were staying. I want to say there were something like f- f- upwards of 40 pelican figurines in this Airbnb. And that was just where we were staying. I don't know about the rest of the house. And I'm like, of course we would pick the Airbnb that has a pelican room. Now, before we continue, I have to ask, what are your thoughts on the Finding Nemo Pelican? Voiced by Jeffrey Rush. Who's just trying to help. It's been a long time since I've seen it. And maybe because it's like a cartoon pelican, it's less frightening. That's fair. All this to say, Nicole hates pelicans. I strongly dislike pelicans. And in this stampede, the only animal we get to see for a moment is a fucking pelican. The, deliber- the, the animal that is a deliberate asshole in this whole thing, apart from the monkeys, is a pelican. Is the pelican. Also, the monkeys are just like, they're, they're just like fucking insane. Like, it's like, they're not assholes. They're just causing chaos. The pelican is straight up like, yo, nice game you got there. Yoink. <laughs> Peace, bitches! Yeah, and it's... Honestly, I feel like that whole sequence is just to extend the runtime. Yeah, and to, it and, is. And to get them out of the house. Well, to get them um, out of the house, but also to... They're, they're also establishing at this point the ongoing thing of, like, even though Alan has been in the jungle all these years, as he mentions later, he still has picked up the worst traits of his own father and is now putting it off on Peter. Mm-hmm. So, like, as soon as the pelican, like, runs away, he's like... Why didn't you grab the game? And they're like, hey, don't, don't, like, don't, yeah. like, don't take it personal. Like, he's just mad. Yeah. But this continues later. So and you're like, also... we see the start of, like, him being like, oh, you're, you're being like your dad now. And you're taking your anger out on the younger folk who mm-hmm. maybe because something didn't happen. It's like, well, it's your fault. You did that wrong. You, you should feel bad about it. So they're, they're establishing a little bit of conflict. Yeah, it, it's to establish that and also to see the, uh, just the ramifications that it's having, not just on them, but like literally the entire town because the uh, stampede of elephants, uh, rhinos, zebras, probably other animals as well, just runs straight out of this mansion and into the town, and they uh, they cause havoc. Also, the hunter is causing havoc because he's got a fucking M20 running around, like, <laughs> fucking he... taking out the cops and, like, shooting out the lights. Like, it's like, yeesh. He, he runs out of ammunition, and he finds his way to a gun, sh- uh, a gun shop. In probably the most accurate scene in the whole movie, unfortunately. And... He was like, hey, he holds up one of his his bullets being like, I need more of these. The man behind the counter is like, well, they stopped making those in like 1908. Damn. Okay. Well, I guess I need to upgrade my weapon and just dumps a shit ton of gold on the counter is like, no, there won't be a waiting period. Then, uh, no, I don't need to fill out this paperwork and give me this 
automatic rifle. I don't. To which guns. they to, to to which they chase with like, well, it's like it's like an automatic rifle with like a sniper capability as well. It's that a that, big that 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 shit is gun. like. There's a lot going on. To which he just follows like, you're not a postal worker, are you? Oh, it's like, man. wow. Again, a joke that I never understood until this time. <laughs> and uh, uh, where are we? We're running about oh, the town. Also, We're trying to get the I, game back. I, I, I did want to point out, though, in all of this, so we have this hunter run around. This is, as you said, Jonathan Hyde playing Van Pelt. He played the father. Really fucking kills it in this part like yeah he does a great job as the dad he's like you know he's the asshole dad yeah that's all fine but like as the hunter they're like yo we're gonna stick a bunch of makeup on you you're gonna look like this like old like fucking style british like hunter like deep in the jungle and we're gonna and just go nuts and he just comes out with a big mustache and is just like doing the full-on voice and is just committing to it entirely so i'm like yeah. credit to you bro like you 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 read the assignment and you filled it out quite sufficiently. Um, oh, uh, this is an aside. It's more of the like chaos about town. We see the band of monkeys who we've kind of been following periodically. They walk by an electronics store. First of all, they see a clip playing uh, on a TV in the window of the flying monkeys from the wizard of us and then they start moving like those monkeys and it's it's a great very quick joke they just however, bust in and steal a shit ton of tvs however it's such a small detail but the shop in which this happens is called ye old brantford discount electronic center and that center with an re at the end okay i'm glad you mentioned that because there seems to be a theme here so you have that and then later, they show up in a discount Kmart-type store called Sir Saves-A-Lot, or mm-hmm. Sir Save-A-Lot. Yeah. So, like, there's definitely a theme going on in this town, which, like, credit to them for making up this town and all these stores and all of that. Like, movies these these days would never put in that much effort into the store names. Yeah. But there's clearly a theme here, and just... I appreciate it a lot. Yeah, and, and Sir Save-A-Lot is at least mentioned in dialogue. The... This was uh, on the electronics store. This was just the window decal. But it, but but it's still in the same like Sir Save a lot, ye old brand for oh, yeah, discount yeah, yeah. electronics center. Like there's such specificity to that. Yeah, they're in the same world. They would exist. Like that's an amount of specificity. I have to tip my hat to. It's just it's such a funny detail because you don't you don't have to put that much specificity into it. But the fact that you do, we we nerds notice it. Yeah, we appreciate it. Okay, what is happening? Carl arrests Alan for no reason, apart from, like, you're kind of suspicious and a lot of weird shit is happening. I cannot prove, honestly. Wait, are you saying the cops arrested someone without proof? Of, yeah, I was about uh, to say, like, oh, maybe uh, that's the, the most realistic thing. <laughs> but all this to say, like, Alan notices right away that Van Pelt's fucking trying to snipe his ass. Yeah, to which he's like, no, le- please put me in your police car, <laughs> Carl. Um, to which I'm like, okay, you had a sniper on that rifle. Why didn't you just use that throughout the whole thing, bro? Mm-hmm. And par- apparently you're a sniper by nature. Like, you could have sniped him had he not gotten in the car. So why well, didn't you just, like, snipe It's, from, it's like, a new gun, own? I guess. He almost fucking shot him with it. He seems pretty good with it. 
Is but this they... when? Oh, P- oh uh, yeah. Alan gets arrested, and then Peter, which is, like, I remembered pretty much most of this movie, but this was a moment that I, it has been seared into my brain of Peter trying to just drop the dice and have them land on the number he needs. And because yeah, he, was, he tries he was like, to I, I cheat. Was, he was like, I was only 10 spaces from the finish. Yeah, I tried to drop him so it would land on 10. Oh, well, honey, that would be cheating. Because because Bonnie Hunt's like, you cheated. cheated. No, I just tried to drop the dice. Well, yeah, you cheated. Yeah. Like, she's like, that. That that's called cheating. Oh, honey. Um, <laughs> Listen, kid. And because Jumanji uh, takes no prisoners is like, fine, you're just going to be a monkey now. Or a very hairy who. <laughs> He, he just, looks like a who. a who. It's just a who with more hair. Exactly, which is, I think, what I compared the who makeup to in our How mm-hmm. the Grinch Stole Christmas. They, they, he just like they look like the kid from Jumanji. They just take the nose and go whoop, and they make him much hairier, or at least like more sort of unrefined hairy, because the who's have like pretty, pretty extensive like sideburns and stuff. But yeah, he he gets turned into a, a little monkey boy. Monkey boy for, for trying to cheat. Monkey boy gets punished. Um, but then they're driving away, and then Alan reveals to Carl that it's like, yeah, you used to work in that factory, and it's me. And he's like, what? Whoa. Um, they wind up in Sir Saves a lot. Oh, because the the hunter Van Pelt is like trying. It. This whole sequence basically becomes a game of keep away. With Jumanji at the center, with the game Jumanji yeah, at the he, center, he keeps getting it, and then they keep getting it back, and it just happens a bunch of times. And it's mostly Sarah and Judy playing keep away while also trying not to get fucking shot. Meanwhile, uh, Peter, perhaps in a in an attempt to redeem himself, uh, goes full Home Alone, um, booby trap style, and uh, rigs up like a steam powered canoe. Yeah, apparently. how he knows this, I don't know. But um, and is. what happens? Oh, he, he, oh! at a certain point, Carl, who... <laughs> so much happens in this movie. So, Alan has handcuffed Carl to his own police car. And they are driving to Sir Saves a Lot because a report of a hostage situation has come in. And... This poor police car has been through the ringer and it hasn't even seen the worst of it. Apparently the brake line has been cut or is so damaged that the brakes don't work. Um, how Carl fixes that, I have no idea um, because apparently he does later. Um, and he they, probably knows someone in town. They just... Probably did it. Well, it was a monkey. The monkeys probably cut the brake line. And then also fixed it. Because they're murder monkeys. But then they also fixed it so they could break it again later. They're like... <laughs> They're crazy murderers. So they could break the brakes. Yeah, they must. They crash into Sir Saves a Lot and knock the heaviest shelf of paint cans. You should never have that many paint on, cans. On yeah, that, that shelf doesn't seem safe to have in a store. But Van Pelt gets Van Pelted pretty hard. Um, great. Our heroes reconvene, and Alan realizes he's been. He's continuing to be a little bitch after, uh, this time to Peter. A- a- after he's like scolded him hardcore and then it's like, oh my God, I'm but just like, my no, dad. you don't cry. Crying has never helped anybody. You face it like a man and being like, oh my God, what have I done? As as we all have our worst fear that we've turned into our parents. <laughs> uh, the, the house is like just a full on jungle at this point. And the, the monsoon, the monsoon is next. 
I think. Sure. Uh, the monsoon and a lagoon. Because... <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Monsoon and a lagoon. <laughs> That's what happens. And the legumes. The legumes. I'm no dangerous, like, man-eating snap peas. <laughs> I mean, they got Audrey, too, already. I don't know. Man-eating what? peanuts. But, but uh, there's a monsoon. There's a rainstorm inside. There's giant crocodiles. And then, and then the crocs come up. And, um... Oh, and in the midst of this, fucking poor Aunt Nora has driven back, <laughs> seen a stampede, a monkey has gotten in her car, she's gotten out, and then fucking David, David Allen Greer has, like, gotten back in his car, which is so far beyond gone, but yeah. it's driven it out somehow. The fact that it still runs, and it, again, like, Once somehow again, the brakes... brakes now. The, the brakes work again now. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't last for long because he sees her and is like, I'll give you a ride. And Audrey, too... It's like, nope! Snatches it off of the road and eats it. We we assume. Clearly, we Aud- just... Audrey, too, is not a fan of cops. No. It's like, I eat your car. Yeah. To which we do get that great line from Carl, who's just fine. Like, fine! Take it! Take it! Like, he's just like, this This poor guy has no more fucks to give. No. But it's actually them, or uh, Carl and Nora, arriving at the house that saves everybody inside the house. Because the home has just filled with water. And they just knock on the door. Or, like, he kicks it, maybe. But that's enough for, like, the literal damn to burst and let all of the water out um which saves them from the hungry hungry crocodiles so that saves them there they all hang in and then they go back to playing the game and the next thing oh then they mm-hmm. roll the spider die i uh, yes but before Hate before <laughs> before we get to that there is this moment where like in the in the fight with the crocodiles um oh yes alan basically wrestles one um to to save sarah and they have this moment and i think this is uh speaking of hook i think this is like a weirdly good like counterpoint to all of the ickiness in hook that i did not care for of it's like no both of you both of you are adults you are at least the movie would have us believe in your late 30s um there's none of like uh you know a weird age difference or like I guess not a weird age difference, but there is an experience difference because Sarah is very much like, hey, I'm leaning in for a kiss right now. But yeah, Alan is a grown ass man, but he has been alone since he's since he was 12. And I think that like that that relationship in that moment is handled well of like him shying away from it because he doesn't he doesn't know anything. They go they don't go any further, which like we'll get to like later in the movie when they do address more things about that. It's yeah. handled pretty well. Yeah, I think, and overall. Yeah, it's that weird thing of he's not a kid anymore. He has grown up. And also um, like she would in that moment, I feel, be compelled to do that because like you, you wrestled a crocodile. You just for me. fucking saved my life by wrestling a crocodile. Yeah, I want to fucking kiss you right now. Yeah. Until realizing, like, oh, wait. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it was just an interesting moment that I think, to me, is handled with a surprising amount of, like, nuance. There is, yeah. Given the context. 
sorry to jump back to the the spider die. Um, to the sorry, spider but, roll. but but back to the spider roll. They roll the. Th- oh no, no, I'm sorry, not spiders. It's, it's quicksand. Quicksand because they're trapped in the yes. floor, which is why they can't get away from the spiders. So now at this point, both Alan and Sarah are trapped on the floor, and it's like, well, we have to keep playing. What's the next roll? It's spiders. Yeah, they've learned. We got to get very, through these rolls as fast as we can. Very effective, practical, disgusting spiders coming out of them. And yep. they're like, get away, get away, get away. And this is where shit really starts to go insane. Because in the midst of all this, Judy is fighting them off, lifts up like a floor panel. And there's still a fucking Audrey 2 under there that's like, I got a they barb, shoot bitch. shoot a poisonous barb. And I'm not only going to shoot a poisonous barb, you, I'm going to shoot it right in your goddamn throat. Yep. Um... Peter oh, <laughs> has yes. been sent for an axe in the tool shed. Would you like to explain this moment? So as soon as the spiders come out, Alan's like, Peter, my father kept an axe in the woodshed. Go get it now. And so like monkey Peter runs out the door, goes down, gets to the tool shed. It's locked, picks up an axe that's right by the door and starts hammering away at it a couple times before stopping, looking at the axe and then literally looking at the camera of the moment of like, hmm. This fucking Gotta movie. go. Like, definitely a moment of like, womp, womp. Okay. <laughs> Is it on the way back that he runs into Nora? Well, fucking Aunt Nora in the meantime has like wandered into this home again being like, what the fuck happened? There are vines everywhere. What is this yeah. bullshit? Like, she's like fucking freaking out. She walks in on the fucking lion, lets it out and is like, holy mm-hmm. shit. And then, and then she, she sees her monkey fucking, nephew who is wielding an axe at this point. Who runs up and it's like, it's me, it's Peter. And she's like, what the fuck? And, and then like he stumbles her, into a closet where she gets closet. locked in. Yep. Um, so then we're at... Uh, Tony Award spiders. winner B.B. Newworth gets locked into a closet by a monkey boy. And then, then what happens? Well, then uh, she, The earthquake that frees everybody... Oh, yeah, at this point, like, Judy has been barbed and is starting to die, and, like, Peter's there to try to be, like, there. And also, this is this is actually a nice moment, because up to this point, like, it's been a thing where, like, Peter has always been struggling with, like, the grief of the death of their parents, and it's, like, hasn't spoken all that much. But, like, Judy has, for the most part, been like, no, you know, it happened, whatever. Like, she's clearly deflecting from it and mm-hmm. not wanting to confront it at all. But then she finally does, only when she's about to die. Yeah. And then he's like, I wish yes. mom and dad were here. And he's like, so do I. Oh, yeah, because earlier then he had asked, like, uh, Peter had asked Judy, do you mm-hmm. miss mom and dad? And she said no. Yeah. And he was like, liar. And I'm like, like, that's that's fair. Yeah. You, you know your sister very well. You know. You know. So, but then she finally admits to it. He's like, I know the earthquake. Fortunate enough, it's an earthquake on the next roll because it breaks shit apart. Yep. Alan can get out of the floor. Swings down on the vine. It's his turn now. Yep. And so he has he to go the roll. Dice. He grabs the dice and Van Pelt. Van Pelt shows Drop up. Drop it. Like, What's in your hand? Drop it. And he's like, okay. And I, I just do want to take this moment. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> so in this moment, <clears throat> to increase the dramatic tension, uh, one of the die... Uh, one of the dice lands on the board. The other one keeps rolling, like through the the like totally obliterated house, and it keeps rolling and rolling as Van Pelt and Alan are having this like final conversation. There is a house rule in like most 
games that I have played uh, that she's, involve she's dice. She's talking about Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, well, Dungeons and Dragons, but also like uh, literally anything involving a dice. Right, a dice, a die. Um, she's talking but about it's usually, Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, it is most frequently with D&D. Um, it's the no Jumanji rule where it has to land on the table. If it lands on the floor, it doesn't count. And it is called the no Jumanji rule. <laughs> because it works in Jumanji where he manages to both Tell him off and be like, I have to face my fear. And he's like, you act like a man. All right. But then it lands on the right number and he gets Jumanji. And he says Jumanji. And then everything. Gets sucked back in. Except the only thing that has difficulty getting sucked back into the board is Van Pelt's head because his ego is so swollen that it just won't fit. It's very much a Looney Tunes moment of like, bam, ba, da, ba, 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 it's like just get sucked back the in. elephants and the rhinos. Oh, no problem. Van Pelt and his thick skull. Eh, we might have some issues here. The elephant in the room had no problem. No, but they get sucked back in, and then we're back in 1969, and the game is finished. Yeah, and I, I remember that happening. And I feel like, at least to me, the logic of that makes more sense than I thought it would. Do you agree or disagree? Because if the idea... If the game started then, it does. But then that means the game has the power to erase everything that's happened in the in-between. So I guess it does make sense. It makes it that much more fucked up that like you can go years in between and can erase history. But... It does track. But you also have this magical board game. Because uh, I was thinking of like... You mean a demonic board game. <laughs> um, well, magic it can be good or bad. Um, it's bad in this case. I, it's all bad. I know. It's bad, bad, bad. I know. You were saying this to someone who refused to play the knockoff board game that was sold as as like a tie-in piece. I'm not the one who said it might have been good. So I'm just saying. Um, I never said that. You just said it. I was, never you, said that it was good. You, you just said it could be good or bad. I was like, I'm saying it's I'm bad. not saying that Jumanji the game is good. Uh, also, what was I even saying? You caught me off topic. Um, <laughs> they go back. Oh, where the, the rules, like, of the few rules that are established about the game of Jumanji is once you end it, everything that happened as a result of the game will vanish, which includes the time lapse. Everything, Everything's made up and the points don't matter. Except, but then I think the weirdest part is, and maybe not weird, because I think it does make a, a strange sort of sense is the fact that um, both Alan and Sarah remember. That's the thing I wrote down. It was like, they're now <clears throat> cursed with this knowledge forever. Yeah, and I think they try to get around it of, like, they still have those memories, but they're like, I'm starting to feel less like an adult. Like, I'm sort of, like, sinking back into my 12-year-old body. But it is also, like, I think it's done as an excuse to give a moment for Alan to have a reunion with his father, to be mm -hmm. like, hey, Dad, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to yell at you. And it's like, well, son, I'm sorry, too. I was upset. Like, it's yeah. like, okay. So we we let them have their moments. Yeah, so it's and like, also... It's kind of an excuse to make that happen. Also, the shoe thing today wasn't Carl's fault. It was mine. A good addition. Honestly, yeah. I forgot about that. I was like, I'm really happy that he said that. Yeah. Because there are other movies where he wouldn't say that at all. And I was like, well, good, mm -hmm. good on you, man. Uh, and then we flash forward to 
presumably about 26 years later, and we get sort of the round two of Alan and Sarah as they're, adults. They're having a Christmas party. Carl is uh, they're there married. singing at the piano. Seems very happy. Yeah. Um, Alan and Sarah are married. Sarah is very pregnant. Um, and Judy and Peter's parents have just like either come into town, but Alan has just hired their dad to be like a, a marketing person. And Nora is nowhere to be seen because she's like, fuck this shit. She's like, I'm. She's spending, off having a blast. I'm spending Christmas with friends. <laughs> with a lot of friends. We're going to have a good time. Um, no children allowed. And it's like, oh, well, when can you start? Oh, we're thinking about taking a, a like a skiing trip up in Canada. No, don't go. <laughs> Everyone's like. Um, because they also like they're they're mostly really excited because they want like they've remembered peter and judy through but they've had to keep it a secret of like they're here it's like you knew them it's like ah you've talked about them yeah and it's like this is gonna be really weird but we've met before (laughs) and at the end they realize that the journey was really about the friends they made along the way yes honestly that's kind of what it is (laughs) and it's a wonderful life gets played out the world is not what we would have seen without Alan. Alan is here. And, you know. And then, oh, we, the we didn't mention this, sing. like, uh, recently, but uh, they, uh, teenage Alan and Sarah tie bricks to Jumanji and drop it in the river. And that's their means of getting rid of it. But. And then. Some, a couple of French girls are walking down the beach and we pan down to the half buried jumanji cut to black and then they go merd um and they can hear the drums uh and that is jumanji (laughs) Jumanji. yeah uh do we want to i feel like how long have we been recording not that long not too bad do we want to do a brief overview of what worked for us and what didn't work for us just a quick recap yeah why don't you start why don't you start us off with that um Honestly, there wasn't much that didn't work for me. I'm actually kind of struggling to think of anything that I was like, meh, I didn't care for this. I think that the cast is all really great. It's a fun time. It's way, it's also way funnier than I remember it being, um, but it also handles like the, the reality of these character situations with like a surprising amount of grace and realism, given the fact that it's about a, a, you know, an evil board game. I think that on the whole, the effects look okay. I mean, it it's from 1995. There's some stuff that looks a little wonky, but like it not distractingly so. I think it's also kind of part of its charm of it doesn't always look photo real. And, that, and that's kind of okay for a movie like this because they are technically characters out of a board game. So it's yeah. like they don't have to look like flesh and blood creatures so much mm-hmm. they can be a little out there and a little animated yeah so they kind of get away with that yeah i i don't know i highly enjoyed this movie <laughs> it's very fun yeah it's very fun the cast is very engaging the effects the pacing is all done very well it's a very simple plot and they know that they work through it i guess my only big thing is like once they get into the a lot of the shenanigans when once they get into the supermarket and all of that and where it's just like, I have the game, I have the game, I have the game, I have the game. It's like 
Yeah, I, I understand where they're going. Like that could have been shortened down. Like that was that that just kind of took a while, mm-hmm. and they were just like their excuse to be like, let's have a home alone moment. It was yeah, like, and they did. It's fine. I sorry to interrupt, but I think on the whole, this movie is really well paced. I think it is. That was the only moment where I was like, eh, this is kind of getting a little bit of time. Other than that, I thought it was very well paced. I thought the performances overall were very strong. I like the mystery of the movie. I like the kind of the weird darkness of the movie. I love the adult jokes like sprinkled in throughout. I thought were hilarious. Yeah, like I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's yeah, I thought it lagged a bit there for a while, but like I still I still thought it was a solid movie. Yeah. Alrighty. Let me see. Let you I see. Think... Alrighty, I think it is time for our revised grades. And before we go there, okay. I will say it's not time for our revised grades. I'm sorry, I know I, I know I do this a lot, but I did want to say uh so how what do you think the budget was in this movie in 1995 money 50 million okay it was 65 okay right around there yeah in the ballpark it had an opening weekend of 11 million not great i wish you could see my my furrowed brow i just saw the furrowed brow here dear listener and it was quite furrowed um it's like what opened at 11 uh ended up with a domestic gross of just about a hundred million so not domestically not good so it it but it made some money but it did not but it if you're going by that, that's not making your profit. Back. Yeah, I can. I How, also understand why they ended it the way that they did. Of like, hey, we could, you know, if this is popular, we could make this into a series. However, the worldwide gross was about two hundred and sixty million, so it did end up breaking even. Yeah, and doing pretty well for itself. Yeah, but on a domestic level, that's shocking. I know. When did right? this? Like, what time of year did it come out? Ooh, was this well. a Christmas? release or was it a summer release it it, feels, it, it was what what were, what were we gonna say i was gonna say for the most part it feels like a summer release but it ends at christmas so i wouldn't be shocked if it was end of the year it was released on december 15th of 1995 okay so yes you were right what was it up against that is the that is the thing i'm gonna go in and find out right <laughs> now actually so, according to their page, Jumanji did do well at the box office, opening at number one, overtaking Toy Story at the time. Interesting. I don't know how long Toy Story was out at that point, but, like, you know, that's impressive in and of itself. Mm-hmm. I also think that we're, like, so so accustomed now, like, in the last, like, 10 to 15 years of movies making a killing in their first weekend. But even then, though, that's not. I know. Opening. I know that even that's then, bad, it's still that, not. That, a, that, that's a bad opening. Yeah. But it had staying power, and clearly it had worldwide that, appeal. But that you were saying that, like, it was like critically panned. It had mixed reviews from critics. I don't know what they're talking about. on Rotten Tomatoes. It currently has a fifty-two percent, which seems low. It does seem low. Do we want to go into what we would? <laughs> What we would give it now in our revised grades. Are you talking about revised grades? I am indeed. I'll go with revised grades. Um, 
Yeah, I don't I don't understand why so many critics and I know why they did because critics are a soulless bunch of a lot of losers anyway. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. They're stupid. No, they're just, you know, a bunch of people who failed in life and uh found some kind of solace in criticizing art. I don't know. Sorry, this, critics. This is on the internet forever, you know. Oh, I don't care. It's fine. You know who I'm you know who I'm talking to. <laughs> One critic in specifically. Yeah, it's okay. You're not going to listen to this. It's fine. Uh, you know, it's fine. No, no, cr- no, critics serve a very important job. It's true. And I would be lying if I said I didn't listen to what critics say. And when they're on it, they're on it. It's fine. This was a movie that I feel was misjudged when it came out. I feel a lot of critics probably went in with expectations. Probably saw Robert Williams is attached. Joe Johnson is attached. It's going to be a big special effects kind of thing. It's going to be a fun type of thing. And they probably went in with their expectations, and it wasn't what they thought it was going to be. So they all went, eh, I didn't like it. And I was like, well, you didn't stop and look at the movie that was made here. You're only sitting in what you thought it should have been. Fine. But that's not the movie's fault. That's your fault for walking with expectations. So all that to say, yeah, like I said, like, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. I think it's a fun romp. I think I, I love the casting. I love the jokes. I think the script is very fun. The pacing is great for the most part, aside from when it lags. I started at a B plus. I think I can end at a B. I'm gonna just downgrade it slightly for some of the pacing stuff for me. But that isn't that that's not gonna take anything away. I still think all the stuff that works works really well. And also it makes sense that for a lot of these critics, they're coming into it as adults that were like, well, this didn't work for me. I was like, you know, this movie isn't really aimed at you. It's aimed at a younger audience. So like, maybe the kids will enjoy it. Clearly, it was our audience. We watched it. We enjoyed it. We're talking about it now because we watched it as kids. So like, yeah, the older generation, maybe not, they, they probably won't get it. But it's like, well, it's not a movie made for you guys exactly. I started at an A minus, and I think I'm gonna leave it there. Hey. I really enjoyed this, All like right. a lot. And uh, again, my parameter of like, would I rewatch this? Uh, if the answer is yes, uh, it's usually gonna be somewhere in the A's, and I will absolutely rewatch Jumanji from 1995. Would you watch the sequels, like the the ones from a few years ago? Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't, but I I, I, I would. I've I hear not that, seen them. I, I hear, hear they're, they're very fun. I hear they're quite fun. Um, have you seen Zathura? I have not. I have not either. Um, that that was from like the mid aughts, early aughts, something the, like that. I just know it's a young Kristen Stewart and Dax Shepard. Yep, that's a random pairing. Um, ah, the aughts. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I highly enjoyed this movie, and I I'm very glad that. I still got so much enjoyment out of it this time around because it had been a minute. Um, there you have it. Uh, check out Jumanji. Yeah, go watch it. It's a really good time. Yeah. Alrighty, folks, it's getting to be about that time. Um, if you like the show, if you've liked this episode, please consider leaving a rating and review Uh wherever you are listening to this um five stars would be awesome and if it's anything less than that maybe keep it to yourself and find another movie podcast to listen to there are so many um if you want to follow 
uh, us on social media. The show is on Instagram and also technically Twitter, though we're hardly ever on that. Uh, both platforms at What a Movie Pod. Uh, you can follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Nicole Knutson16. And you can follow me on Instagram at The Real J Ferrero. That's real with two E's, like a film reel. And Ferrero is in Ferrero Rocher. And as we've said, we're not going to make promises to you. We will try to be back as soon as we can. Business and schedules abiding. Lots of stuff is happening for both of us. But like, we will try to be back as soon as we can. But as we've said before, we don't know what the next one is going to be. We're kind of doing this fast and loose approach of like, we like to decide on the day of, of like, what are we feeling like? So like, it could be about uh, a possible porpoise or a whale. It could be about... <laughs> Uh, otherworldly beans on a uh, major sports arena we don't know <laughs> once again you'll have to come back and find out what we're going to do and it's more fun that way <laughs> yes it, it keeps us on our toes um and our- you on your toes <clears throat> as well Alrighty, folks it's uh it's getting late for us <clears throat> excuse me so uh good night or good day or good morning whenever you are listening to this Oh, I'm sorry. Hi, I'm James Ferrero. (laughs) I'm Nicole Knudsen. And what What a movie! That's the theme. That's how you do it. It is. You finally learn to sing the theme as a man. Any last words?